This isn't short notice at all. Welcome to episode 142 of Mighty White's podcast. I'm Jack, as always, John Bakesi. Now then. How's things, mate? You all right? Yeah, not bad, you? Yeah, pretty good. I've currently got a cat very much trying to attack the microphone, which isn't helping. Oh, okay. But, you know, be right. Um, we'll go back through the last couple of games because we didn't get a chance to do one in between. Mostly down to me. Um... So, yeah, the first one, the fun one, our away trip, first one in a while, 3-3 free free away at Villa. Excellent game. It will probably go down as one of the best games of football I've watched live. Yeah, but not, yeah, not, a... not from a defensive point of view, but... Um... No, it was a bit all over... Well, specifically for about 15 minutes, we were especially bad, but we'll... Uh... We'll talk about the start, because the start was more fun. Yeah, Dan James, fantastic striker. How mm. wrong were we all? Rodrigo, fantastic. Yeah, it, I mean, it really was one of them. We went into the game, we said it on here, we'd said it, well, I'd said it for certain on Twitter. We'd been on about it with people on the coach going over to the game. Oh, I... I don't want Dan James to start up front. I just don't fancy him that, and I don't like Rodrigo in midfield. So anyway, Rodrigo sets up Dan James for the opening goal. Nice little foot. Rodrigo was like the best. Well, he was the second best creative player on the pitch mm. behind some Brazilian lad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, uh, James took his first goal really well. Really good goal. Um, and we were genuinely on top, looking like the better side. Mings had a big chance of the corner, but they weren't really getting anywhere. And then suddenly, we just parted. Like, I mean, the the first goal came from like a really stupid throw in, didn't it? Mm. And we just let him in down right cross for Coutinho. Good finish, to be fair. But it was the second and third goals which were basically the same. Uh, I think the first one, the first one's the worst one. It, like in the ground, I was really mad at Ailing because he followed him as he has to. He followed Coutinho into the middle of the pitch and got done so easily. And I was fuming at him. And then I saw it back on telly. And it was just one of them moments where the world class player beats the good player. Yeah. I, th- I think that Coutinho might still have it. Yeah. He was, he was fucking outstanding in this game. Uh, beats. Just beats Ailing all ends up, plays a really good through ball for Jacob Ramsey, who, and this isn't having a go at click. This and oh, he's done, he's completely over. No, but if you're man marking a guy and that guy makes a 50 yard run and that guy's a lot faster than you, it's unless you just rugby tackle him to the ground, there's not a great deal you're going to be able to do about it. And then for the third goal, again, he just buggered off into the distance and we couldn't get near him. Yeah. Very well taken finishes as well. Um, I still don't think the first one was. I still think the first one's a bad finish that he miss hits. <laughs> the, the Ramsey one where he goes through though and just absolutely hammers it into the top corner. Yeah, the, his second one is, is a really good finish. But that first one that he did it on his left foot, mm. he almost hit Melier with it. He hit it that badly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, very frustrating. And it is one of the issues with the, with the man-to-man system. If you got someone like Click having to, to track someone who is just that much faster than you. Um, that if you're starting from the same position, it's, you know, 
he is going to pull away, and he did. And just for the sort of for that 15, 20 minute period, we just we just kind of got pulled all over the place. Um, I think we I think we missed out Dan James's thunderbolt off the crossbar as well. Yeah, we yeah we did. That was a really good effort. Obviously, we've only been fairly quick version for this, but when he hit that, I thought for the whole world it was in. And if that goes in, we probably win the game. Yeah. But they went straight over the other. It was because there it, it wasn't long between that and the equaliser, was there? No. Um, a couple of minutes, maybe. It really wasn't much. Yeah. And, and to be honest, you're going in towards half time then and just so deflated up to that point because it looks like you're going to go in 3 1 down from, from, from essentially only having three efforts from open play as well like obviously they've had the, the Mings header from a corner and we as usual looked absolutely dreadful defending a corner but that, those were the chances they were having and then Coutinho started moving yeah he was it's a long it doesn't happen that often anymore like it didn't even happen I mean it wouldn't have happened in that glorified preseason friendly we had at Old Trafford even though, like, Bruno Fernandes got a hat-trick, I didn't come away from it going, God, he was unbelievable. Or Pogba getting four assists. Hmm. And he was, I thought he played really well, but I didn't come up. It's a long time since I came away from one. The way Coutinho was in that game, I was just watching him going, oh, God, you're great. And you're fun to watch. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, you're a good footballer. Um, but it was weird because the Leeds away end for one of those annoying times, it doesn't happen very often, but we became subdued. Everyone was down. Everyone was pissed off. And, and, then, very ang- and very angry at Rio Ferdinand as well. Very angry at Rio Ferdinand. I mean, I don't like the guy, but there were some of them spending like a third of the first <laughs> half just abusing the BT Sport box behind us, weren't they? Yeah, I listen, I fully understand the rivalries and I, and I, I don't like Rio Ferdinand as a person, but I also don't care that much. Yeah, and you know, watch the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, Stop putting illicit substances into your body and watch the game. <laughs> Wait, is, is, no, I'll leave that alone. Yeah. Mm. He just missed the test. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we um, really did. We looked like we were knackered and a bit out of ideas. And then a decent bit of football. Uh, I think Cock played a little through ball to click. He holds it up. And they just sort of stand off and let him do it. Rodrigo makes a run, click finds him. Drills it across, deflected up into the air, and then in the way you'd expect, like six foot four of Courtney Halls and six foot five of Tyrone Mings, are out jumped by that little scum bastard that is Daniel James. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's one of the best bits of defending you'll ever see from Emmy Buendia, who seems to throw himself into Dan James, <laughs> and in a domino effect, it, that push knocks Tyrone Mings out of the way, and. Yeah. I'll be generous and say Dan James heads in. The ball definitely went off his head and went It went off his head. I don't know how (laughs) intentional it was at this point, but um, because obviously we were in the the very far corner as well, so it it took a couple of seconds to to know that it got in. And it also had the look of one where you're like, if there has been a foul there, it could be the most obvious one in the world and we wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. So there was a real delay before the away end went up. Uh, no, um, yeah, Dan James, superstar striker. 
Rodrigo the answer to all our creative problems. Yeah, it's all coming it's together nicely. And then second half, um, it was a bit a bit calmer. It was still very end-to-end and stuff by the standards of a normal Premier League game, but the first half had been ridiculous for it. Um, we, I thought we were the better side for the majority of the half. Uh, we got the goal from a corner. Taken, it was taken short when it Rodrigo crossed, deflected up in the air. Strauch had a Tyrone Mings has a pretty easy clearance, and he scuffs it about three yards. Yeah, striker, striker just had a header cleared. Off the just, line. Well, about a yard but, before the line, just before that as well. Which I think that was Mings as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, he and it was one of them we were pretty much dead on the goal line, so we didn't even go we couldn't even go up. You could see that it was yeah. comfortably out. But yeah, uh Mings scuffs his clearance and Diego Uente hammers it in. And it was that was then a prop proper away end is back. Uh all I'll say is that I ended up not being able to walk for a couple of days after this game because my knee went. That's how good the away end was. <laughs> I was very tired at work the next day. Yeah. <laughs> but no, three apiece. And we're all going, right, we're 3-1 down. This is a good performance. This is a good result. We might even nick it. And then Conza got sent off for being a complete moron. I, I look, When I watched that back, and it was a couple of days later, there's an argument that's a straight red. Yeah, he elbowed him in the head. It wasn't uh it wasn't as if he, he reached his arm out to, to grab him and pull him back. He he swings his arm and hits him in the head. Now I don't think that's what he's in actually trying to do. But he he just did it in the clumsiest way. And so stupid when you're on a yellow. Yeah. And the thing is, because there was so, I mean, I think there was like 10 minutes left when that happened, but there was eight added on, wasn't there? Because, mm. and the thing is, it wasn't Villa time wasting, they had players go down injured and then get subbed off with those injuries. Like, it yeah. was just it was just one of them games where it all got dragged on. But, uh, you know, in the end, because of that, the way that last 15 20 minutes was, and the fact that it was just for three minutes, when you look back at it, it's it was really a little bit of a missed. It was a bit of a missed opportunity, but if you free one down away from home and get a point, it's impossible to be annoyed. Yeah, and, and, and at that stage of the game as well, I did. Whilst we were dominating, the second the ball went into our half, you were just there. I was just there going, right, call it now. I don't care how many minutes I left, call it. I'll take this point. I think there's a point when they've when they've got a, a throw. Yeah. And Melier's sort of stood about on the edge of his six-yard box. Like, no, come on, just stay on your line. Just, just, just let Stroke deal with this. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think that long throw was just about the last thing. It was like ninety-seventh minute or so, and you're like, oh, against ten men, you've had a long away trip. High ball is this... the penalty area, you say. Mm. Yeah, this this has got goal written all over it, but it didn't. Uh, three all, decent result. And then we're travelling. And then the good thing is, you were looking at that going, right, that's a good point. And now we get to go to a shit team that are completely out of form. They've won one in 15. And they, if we can pick up three points there, then we're in a really good position. So we got beat 3-0 at Everton in what I can only describe as a fucking awful performance. There's, there was not... Melier did okay, and Rodrigo had a couple of good long shots. 
That's all the positives. Yeah, if if the, the credit you do have to give credit credit to Everton, they were up for it. They pressed us really well. They they made us play so much faster than we wanted to, um, which just didn't help with how sloppy we were. Yeah, you know, I think it's on there something like Harrison gave the ball away twenty eight times, Ailing twenty six or something like that. It's there's just so many passes, and I've said this too many times this season now, but there's just passes just two yards in front or two yards behind where it needed to be, and it just kept happening over and over again. Were you one of the many who, when they saw that team, could not believe Forshaw wasn't in it? Yeah, especially when we played midweek. I thought I thought that was the time to at least make that change. Um, we there. We also went to three at the back again, which it's safe to say none of us are particularly big fans of. No, um, I will say, like, and this is I don't like it when we play three at the back. I don't think we're good at it. I think the build up's poor, all of that stuff. Our record is actually better. It's our Premier League record, like, uh, I think we've, I think before. That Everton, including the Everton game, it, it is still better. They went through it all on on that all stats out we pod, but it's because we've played the three at the back against loads of shit teams. Mm. So, like you know, it's like oh well, you know we we've taken West four, Brom and... we've taken four points from Burnley playing it, but you know we yeah. won at home, but we got one all away and we were awful. Yeah, we would die. That that Phillips and Rodrigo uh, was a centre mid. I believe that it was odd. Thinking back, I think Norwich stuck two up front against us at their place, and we won two one. But we were awful. So as record is actually not that bad, but I, the performances have been really poor. Yeah, I, I, I don't ever. I don't want to turn this into a, a scapegoat podcast either. Um, but as, Tyler Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we'll get onto that. But and that, and, and to be honest, that issue is not with Tyler Roberts. No, the scapegoat issue is definitely with Tyler it, Roberts. I'm really starting to, to worry about Diego Llorente to an extent. I, I'll, I think he, he is a good player, but is, under is pressure. At times, I worry that his eccentricities around the 14-15 mark in Football Manager. That I was going to say, are his charming eccentricities becoming a bit less charming? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Again, like like I said, fair play to Everton. They, they did a really good job pressing us. And it took us, well, I say it took us a while. I don't think we ever truly dealt with it. Um, no, no, I don't think we dealt with it for a single second. And the, the the daft thing is, you know, I watched how they played against Newcastle, and defensively they were dreadful in that game. And I think if we could have held possession in in their half for two or three minutes, I think we could have actually tested that. But we we never did. No. I mean the there was just so there was no good to say. The passing all over was awful. You know, James is left up top by himself. And did absolutely nothing, but I'm not sure. The I mean, Bamford might have because if you pump a long ball up to him, he has a chance. Mm. But 
any striker would have been quiet in that situation because they had no help. It was also pretty baffling from Bielsa, to be fair. Like, I know that he always goes into the free, and that's fine. But if you're seriously going to pick a midfield two, just a two, no one sitting, with one sitting and one a bit further forward, which is what it sort of was meant to be, but Click didn't really sit anyway. Like, Click and Rodrigo as a midfield two is not going to work. No. Anyone can see that's not going to work. No, and, and I think one of the things we have seen is when we play when we drop to the three, is that we do leave we do tend to leave gaps then between our back line and our midfield. And while click will do the midfield work, it, it's it's not his best role. And again now as as he gets older, he's just getting that little bit slower now. So you're asking someone to, to track back over and over again. And it just doesn't suit his skill set at this point, I don't think. I saw the, there was someone put up a load of pictures on Twitter and it was various points in the game. And like normally, like God, there's a lot of space there in the middle and there's only one Leeds body in the middle of it and there was just no Leeds body in the middle of it. There was just a 30-yard hole in the middle of the pitch. But yeah, like Forshaw not playing made absolutely no sense to me. We get to half time, we're struggling to create and he takes off Rafinha, who... Yeah, he didn't have a great game. And I mean, we should say, by the way, he was awful against Villa. Hmm. But, like, he's his best player. And, like, Graham Smith sort of said, oh, he, he was talking to the medical staff, so maybe he's injured. And, so, and everyone went, oh, well, that's okay then. And then he came out after and went, no, he wasn't injured. It's purely tactical. Yeah, this was a tactical change. There's part of you there going, sorry, you've chosen to replace Rafinha I'm, with Tyler Roberts. Yeah. Now, and, as I, say, again, I am not. I am not on the whole... Like, don't get me wrong, Tyler Roberts shouldn't get in the side that much. I don't think he's good enough for the level. But he gets more stick than he deserves. However, like, that is setting him up for failure. Yeah, not, none of that is Tyler Roberts' fault. Yeah. Like, like, he, he, he gets put on and, yeah, like you say, it's, it's an absolute no-win situation for him. Mm. Um. <sighs> It was so tough to watch. I like, and I understand. I, I don't know why, as much as I love him, Harrison would have been the one that comes off for me there. Put Dan yeah. James on the left. Yeah, that would have been. I mean, I, it still. I would have still preferred Gellart to come on if someone's going to come on up front. But that would have made a lot more sense as a change if he'd have took Harrison off. Um, the other bad thing in this, of course, was Stuart Dallas got the, his inevitable injury. I mean, we've been waiting for that one. The, the last man standing. Yeah, um, but I mean, I, I, it looked like absolutely no chance to be playing in this, but it does appear that he is. I mean, like Bielsa said that he was recovering, and they've done like there was the main group were like training today, and he was pictured in the, in with them. So maybe he'll be available. I'm thinking he'll probably end up on the bench, but we'll have to see. The, the only other question, really, because I don't want to talk about the Everton game any more than after. Um, it is a short list of performances that are that awful. Was that the worst one under Bielsa? I'm, I'm trying to think, and I shouldn't have to think too far back, but um, it's definitely up there, isn't it? Yeah, I, it, I, I think it's very close at the top between this and one other that I'll mention later. It was, I mean, if you take out the two long-range Rodrigo efforts, 
what was there in that game going forward? Very little. I still don't. I still don't think this one's the worst. For what it's worth, I, I think Southampton away was worse. Oh God! Yeah. Like we were so bad in that game. I think this was better than that. Yeah, it's Ali. Ali was usual succinct answer. No. No, and and I think one of one of the things that this performance really didn't help to do is dispel any anger or anything about the how the transfer window had gone. Um, But and I did try having this discussion with someone that are the you know the board have let the Elsa down, and it's just like, well, I, I really feel like it is. I think it's a bit of everything because you know the the comments from Ang- from Angus Kinnear about bringing the youth players through, which I think we've spoken about, is fine, but it's also unrealistic. You know it, yeah. it, that it paints a false picture as to what is happening at Leeds under Bielsa. Again, yeah, we've said it before. It's the best example. They'll go, "Oh, all these debuts." Stuart McIntyre's played four league minutes. That does it doesn't. Yeah, you can't count things like that. Now, I I don't know. What is left in the budget? That you know, clearly that the, there is at least twenty million in the pot that we could spend because that's that was the upper end offer for Aronson. Um, we we have spent about one hundred and thirty million pounds in the in the this season and last season without recouping any transfer fees in that time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact number, but we are something daft like 11th or 12th in Europe for net spend over the last couple of years. Yeah, so like it wouldn't shock me if we only had 20, 25 million left to spend. So so that say that's your budget. You then have to factor it. You, you then try to put together your shortlist. Um, and on top of that, it's a list of players that you, you've then got to go, well, these are the people that would fit the role it is January. Are these players fit enough to to get into this team and, and you know do something in this time? Is it worth getting them in to, to get them fit? You know, in three weeks' time to then drop them into the team in case others are back. Are they play? Does Bielsa even want to spend that much on certain targets? As we saw with Lewis O'Brien, when what was it eight million? He said, "That's no, we're not spending that on him." You know, it's it's. I think it's a difficult one when you work with Bielsa. Um, yeah, I, I, that's, I'm not, that's certainly true. I'm not saying there aren't players out there, but we are working with such fine parameters, and add to that the fact it's January as well. You, you know it. Like I said, my expectation was we weren't going to sign anyone anyway. Like I just couldn't see it happening. As much as we needed a central midfielder, I couldn't see it happening. And and lo and behold, it didn't. Um, you know, he was offered players. He said no. So, and the argument I got into with some people is, if Bielsa says no to to, you know, do you want this player? Is there any value getting them in to pay them, you know, even if it's on loan for the rest of the season, pay those wages for these months now for them not to play? Like, I don't know who it's helping then. 
No, like if, for example, Leeds had said yes to the suppose because we were offered Van der Beek by all accounts. And personally, if I was in charge, yeah, I'd have snapped your hand off. I don't, like everyone else, I'm not mad keen on just having a player on loan with no option to buy and stuff. But in no, the but situation. But Donny Van der Beek is, is a good player. Yeah, we but, needed yeah. a midfielder. He's a good midfielder. That would have been the priority. But if Bielsa says no, there is no point Orton can hear saying, well, we'll have him anyway. Yeah. They can try and talk him into it, but if he if he if he sticks on no, there's no point doing it because he just won't play him. Or I mean, he might even quit. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I kind of Donny Van der Beek wasn't the midfielder we needed. As as good as I think he is, and as much as I like him, that we we I think we still want to get a backup for Phillips more than anything else, or someone that's going to play the the deeper role that that Click had to play. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the thing is that I think, like in an emergency, he could do that. But I think the one thing is, like, don't get me wrong, having an actual player for that position would be great as a backup. But I am, I am actually fine with Cock as the backup for Phillips. I'm, I'm fine with that. So again, you then, then goes to who, who's, who's your next in line? Is your, you know, what would you say? Clips role is as box to box midfielder. Well, yeah, just as an eight. Yeah, so you know that would be. It. I think at this point, Forshaw is probably better suited to playing a bit deeper. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's one of those games where if if more players would have been fit, I would have wanted to have made a couple of changes just from from that game from Wednesday just to. Get a couple of pairs of fresh legs in there, which is why I think Forshaw should have been in there. Yeah. Well, hopefully it will be on Sunday. Um, and speaking of, on to Sunday. Scum at home. Right. This is a fucking proper game of football. <laughs> and guess who's going to Manchester on Sunday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, is that. Yes, yeah. I'm, going, I'm going to Manchester on Sunday, so I probably won't get to watch this because I'm getting into Manchester about one o'clock. Um, there's bars, there's pubs. The, 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 there's bars and pubs. I mean, you it, might get the shit kicked out. It, uh, <laughs> my my friendship group that I'm I'm meeting up with are not the footballing sort. So I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, have you got anything booked before like five o'clock? Um. Yes. Oh. We, are bu- we are booked in for a meal. So you got Sky going. You sure? I do have Sky going on my phone, and it might be getting used. Oh um, no! There's, there's absolutely no way it wouldn't be. So you're very rude. Yep. Oh yeah, entirely. <laughs> I think it also depends very much on how the game goes. How much of this game I'll end up watching. Yeah. True. If it's. Uh... You know, two goals in three minutes again or something like that. It could be worse. So, ah, well, right. So what are we talking about then? Uh, gut instinct. Have we got a fucking prayer at getting a result? Yeah, they're not good. They're, like, I, know they're, <laughs> I know they're competing for fourth, so they are good, but they've drawn their last three games one all with like Burnley and Southampton. Uh, you might not have been paying attention, but did win the other night. I wasn't. No, I don't care about that. They beat Brighton 2 0. But you know, by all accounts, and I'm going to admit I didn't watch it either because I have no desire to sit and watch them win. Yeah. And I thought they would. 
but by all accounts, Brighton were better side in first half. And then they got one early in second half, and then Lewis Dunk got sent off, and then they scored again in like 98th minute. So they weren't great in that one either. The the problem for me, and, and this is based mostly off watching the Southampton game, is that our playing style does not lend itself to Manchester United's weaknesses because I don't think we defend well enough or compact enough to then break out and counter-attack them where half their attack will just stand and watch us do it. Yeah. I, you know, we, I think we are too open, even out of possession, to do that. Which, you know, the last two games at Old Trafford have kind of bore that one out as well. Um, but it was nil-nil at Ellen Road. Yeah. So. In a game where, weirdly, we didn't go as gung-ho. Like, it, we, we didn't sit on his edge of box in a line like a lot of teams do, but we didn't go as mental. And it sort of worked. Well, because we, we, we played... We had a similar run to what we were meant to have at Christmas, didn't we? Because we played them... Was it shortly after we'd played Liverpool and, oh, it, and got a draw with them? Yeah, I can't remember the order, but didn't we have nil-nil at home to Chelsea, nil-nil at home to Scum and a one-all at home to Liverpool? All very close together. As part of that good run we had at back end of the season. Yeah. I think it was around, yeah. They were fairly close together, if I remember rightly. Um, again, I, don't, I can't remember if with them it was pre or, or post Super League. Um. I'm just trying to have a look now, actually. Yeah, it was it was the game after we played Liverpool. Yeah. Um yeah, that was an it was an, you know, that was nice. We'd beaten Man City, we drew with Liverpool, we beat uh, drew with Man United, and then we lost 2-0 to Brighton. And got battered as well. <laughs> Way yeah, we were, yeah, we were dreadful. Um no, this I mean it's gonna be nice going to a game that feels this big. It'll be nice to hear. I'm hoping to hear Ellen Road. A bit poisonous, just not too far. I want it to. I want it. I want it to be not like it was, but nearly like it was. Basically, like it was, but without the Munich song. Yeah, <laughs> is what I want. Uncomfortable. Yeah, I want it to be uncomfortable. I want it to be horrible. I want. I want people who've taken their parents to be like covering their ears a bit. Like I want it a bit like that. Just, just without the Munich song. Uh, it'll be a bit weird because when I thought about this game, I thought this is going to be a disaster. Ranić four triple two high press. It's the exact thing we don't want. But he's given up on playing two up front already because he's realised you can't do that when the two strikers at the club are thirty five and thirty seven years old. And only one of them will actually do the work. Yeah, well, and that one's injured. Yeah. Uh, so he has gone back to a four two three one. It's still pressy. It's still high. So. Will be four one four one. So shape wise, it's the normal one. The most like four two three one is the most common formation probably in football, and this is our most common against it. So tactically, it's not that interesting. But that's the configuration that it was at Old Trafford, and we got battered into the ground. Now I wonder if uh, they will be because. They have normally, as the two, like you would think it'd be Fred and McTominay middle for them. But although it's that was. Been, it's what has been very effective against us. Yeah. And that's what they played against Brighton. But the two games before that, he played Pogba and McTominay as the two. 
And I'd much rather have that. As much as Pogba getting the ball deep and running at me is terrifying. I, 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 if of any sense, I would think that they'll do what Solskjaer did earlier and he'll put Pogba on left and just let him drag Luke Ayling in field all the time. Because, you know, he got four assists. It worked really well. <laughs> yeah, the good thing is they can't unleash Dan James on us this time. No. We've, we've nullified that threat. We've bought that threat. Um, yeah. We've sang your two shit to play for Leeds <laughs> at that threat and then bought him for 25 million quid. Um, <laughs> yeah, having, having watched them, it does feel like if, if we can get hold, if we can play past their their press into sort of the top end of our half, you've got a chance at getting at them at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's just whether they do to us what Everton did, if they can press us enough that we that we play sloppy passing and can't get hold of the ball, then we're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I would assume that, as I say, Ranić will have them do it. But my, my fear with these is always just them running, moving around, making the space in the middle, and a £70 million player which we've got several of, going into that space and just destroying us from the middle. In fact, I've just had a look. Ali, they'll just run through the middle again. Yep, exactly what I was thinking, basically. Um, you know, if Bruno Fernandes is playing 10, drags Robin Cock wide, and whoever's on the left comes into the middle and gets away from Ailing, that's a massive hole. Same on the other side. You know, it'll probably be Sancho left and maybe Rashford on the right, but if Rashford cuts inside, same problem. McTominay yeah. turns into Zidane every time he plays against us. So, yeah, I'm just looking at the team they played against us on the opening day. Um, so, yeah, obviously, James out from that one. Obviously, Greenwood out from that one. Um, yeah, I've. they're a really good team, aren't they? Like, on they paper. Should be. They should be. Listen, I mean, I've had... I've noted it down here. It'll probably be De Gea in goal, Dallow at right back because he's played like the last three, so I'm assuming he's going to stay in. Uh, Varane and Maguire, Luke Shaw left back, Freddie McTominay, Rashford right, Fernandez at 10, Sancho left and uh, Ronaldo up front. Like, on paper, that should batter us. Yeah, that, was sort, of, that was sort of the saving grace. Oh, Christ, Helder Costa came off the bench for us in, in the friendly as well. Yeah. It was such a weird friendly to have oh, just before the season started. Um, so, like, I'm looking at that team, and I genuinely don't think he's going to play Pogba at all. But Pogba always terrifies me because I know he only shows up one in five for them or one in six. But when he does, he's unbelievable. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, in a dream scenario, they would rest their team for the Atletico Madrid game on Wednesday. I mean, there's there's only one trophy they can win this season, and it's the Champions League. Yeah. So in theory, that's what they should do. But the other thing is, like, if, if they're going to press high, I don't think they'll do this, but there's an argument that they just don't play that Portuguese bastard up front. Put Rashford up front and play that Ilanga. Yeah. And Sancho, Sancho other side. 
and that they start with the you lose the finishing. Point. You lose the finishing, but I think that'd actually be more dangerous to us. The thing that really scares me is that Lanyuk will say to him, "Right, we're doing it my way this one. Two up top, and we press high. And if they do it well for fifteen minutes, <laughs> it, it, it might be four nil. Like it's, it's so perfect for us." <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm not. Looking, I'm not. I'm not looking forward because obviously because I'm not going to be there. I'm really not looking forward to. It. If I was going, I'd, I'd have that. I'd, I think I'd have more of that excitement about. Oh, but, but what if we do do it? Yeah. Whereas not being there, I'm just being a lot more pessimistic. Yeah. Well, I mean, as I say, tactically, it's not that interesting. I have put it down as probably no Dallas. I just don't see him being fit to start. There's no Yelder now, so that's his backup gone. Uh, Bamford, Cooper, Phillips still out. Furpo is back, so you would think he's going to start. Because yeah. his other left-backs are all injured, and we've only got one and a half of them, because Yelder's sort of half a left-back. Yeah, but he's built like two left-backs. Yeah. Um, and even he went down. He didn't finish the game, did he? No, well, he might. Even, apparently, he might need surgery. He's out for a couple. He's out for a few weeks, but it might be a lot longer. Christ! Uh, can't believe even breaking the kids now. Mm. Um, I, I was yeah, hoping to I'll... get a couple of clues about the squad based on the under twenty three game today, but that got called off. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I would think Furpo comes back in. There was talk of him being close anyway. Yeah. yeah there was. They were thinking that he might have been there for Everton, weren't they, at one pace? Yeah. Who was it you were thinking would be on the right-hand side? For them, I think it'll probably Rashford, because I think Sancho will play on the left. But they, they could be the other way. Both of those prefer the left. Yeah. So it, it could be either way around. Yeah. Ugh. If Furpo uh, starts, my, my tip would be to back him to get booked. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think Forshaw comes back in? I do. The The team I've sort of got in my head, because I don't think Dallas will make it, is Meliangol, Ailing Urente, Strauch, Furpo, Cockett, CDM, Forshaw and Rodrigo in middle, Rafinha, Harrison, and uh, Dan James up front. As much as I don't, I'm, I'm, I still would. I still would rather Gellar up front, and James plays out wide, and you drop Harrison, or James is on the bench. But it's never going to happen. So. Yeah, I mean, it make it does make sense to me in, in this sort of game having James up front as well. Um, I'm, it's quite nice now. I'm at least feeling confident about Rodrigo in this from an attacking point of view. But again, that does depend on us having some semblance of control in the midfield. Yeah, well, I said on here a few weeks ago that like Rodrigo played in midfield, it might give you 10% in attack, but you lose like 30 defensively. I think that balance has been somewhat redressed because he's been a bit better going forward. And I don't think that he's been as much of an issue defensively. I mean, he was against Everton, but that because it was just a bad team selection. Like, um, yeah, 
I, I'd almost for this, and I, I don't know it's probably well, it's probably not how it'll work out, but I, I'd almost have us go as a four-two-three-one as well and have Forshaw play a bit deeper, like play alongside Cock. Yeah, play with uh, Cock. sake oh. <laughs> <laughs> um but no the uh like you say that in theory i agree but he's going to have a man marking job to do so it, it, yeah it I, depends it, entirely it, on what they do it's one of the things that i i like that he's principled i like he has his ideas about football and i mean i love bielsa a ridiculous amount but there are times that i look at that and just think yeah but just you cannot in dictate a game if you cow to their formation every single time. Yeah, I'd, I I would I prefer the idea of, of Cock and Forshaw basically being in a position where they can watch McTominay coming towards them as opposed to watching him run away from be, be five yards past them. <laughs> yeah. Um, having, having running at you rather than running away. Uh, yeah. The um no in, in theory I will, but again, Bielsa, so not gonna happen. Um if he was completely fit, like there'd be an argument for putting Dallas in middle of midfield for that very reason, but I don't think he'll be fit enough. I'd put him in as well as the other eleven you've said. Just just oh, sneak him play, on. Just play twelve and just yeah. see if we can get away with it. Yeah. Mm. I mean you never know. <laughs> Bielsa's uh, dirty tactics rear their head. Yeah. I'm just so. trying to think. Like, I suppose, again, like you look at where we might get something, where we might not. Obviously, Rafinha's always his best shout. I mean, Luke Shaw's a pretty good player, but if Rafinha's really on it, he'll, he can have any left back on toast. So that's not really much of a worry. If we could free it up. Rodrigo getting away from Fred. Mm. Could see that. Yeah. And him causing some danger. And if the ball is on the floor, James can cause Maguire some serious issues. But the problem is, if they press well and we can't get out, we just end up knocking long balls and James isn't going to win any of them. Yeah, again, I do always wonder if, if there would be the tech, like, well, no, there won't be. But if, if you'd ever get tempted into swapping Rodrigo and James when it gets like that, just because Rodrigo is a bigger player, and I know challenging Fed is, is not his game either, but he will do it more effectively than Dan James's attempts to just knock people over before they get to the header. He's, a, he's another one on the uh, booking list, isn't he, Dan James? He loves the yellow card at the moment, does Dan James. Yeah. It'll be, it'll it's be new, interesting. It's his new favourite thing, though, isn't it? Just running, it's just the shoulder charge about two seconds after the ball's gone. Hmm. It does make you kind of wish he'd, he'd put a bit more in there. Like, get your money's worth for your yellow card. Yeah. Yeah, don't get a soft yellow. Hard yellow. Yeah. <laughs> um... I did have a look earlier because the the entire everyone who I work with has backed scum for this because they were even money all week, which is way too big. 
<laughs> it just is. Uh, but it, it's moved in a bit now. It's like eight to eleven now, which I still think is too big. But I, you know, I won't advise backing it now. It isn't such ridiculous value that it's worth betting. Although, unless you think, is it worth twenty five quid to me if we get a result? Yeah. Then <laughs> you know, then by all means, feel free. Because that's what that's what all Leeds fans in office are doing. They've all just gone, oh, it's worth 20 quid at even money because I'd rather lose the 20 quid. <laughs> that yeah. was all, all of their plan. Uh, but the odds have gone a bit now. What do you reckon this will be? 3-1 defeat. Oh, I wish that I was 4-0. To them, I just I can't see this going well. I just can't. No, I... I I know they're in a bit of a mess. They're not winning games. They're messing things up all the time. All of that stuff. I just think the way they play is like fucking. It could not be worse for the way we play, and in individual battles, they have just the step up in quality is so high. I just don't see it going well. I think this will be like the Arsenal game was. Because if Arsenal had really had the finishing boots on, it could have been much worse. And I think yeah. this could be a bit like that. Yeah, I just, like I say, as as much as I think they can be got at, we are just not good enough defensively, I don't think, to, to really take advantage of that. And, and it's one of the things that I thought, watching the Southampton and Burnley games, I don't know it's typical to say about Burnley, but they just they were just you know defensively very solid, very well organized, and then took the chances when they had them. Mm. Um whereas we might do the second half of that, but there's no chance of us doing the first half. Yeah, and the and the issue is we is that they, you know, those are teams that stay as a back four, regardless of who runs where they stay in their positions. And it's it, again, playing Man United is one of those things where you, you've got these players that can just operate from any side, any and all sides of the pitch. And there is a very good chance you just have a back four where Luke Ayling's all of a sudden at left back. Junior Furpo now played as a centre back and, you know, everyone's kind of moved about and gets dragged all over and it just, they're probably not quite good enough for that to be happening. It was one thing yeah. in the championship when we had very good, well, you know, very good players for that level. Mm. But, you know, now that we're playing against the best in the division in terms of players like Fernandez and Sancho. Yeah, I know Sancho hasn't shown it as much this season, but he is really good. It'll come. It'll come, that, it will hoping, come against Leeds. It will come against Leeds. I'm hoping it's after they bomb him out and sell him to someone else. But yeah, uh, we are the palate cleanser, aren't we? Just whenever you know, once you hear so, it, it, obviously it all goes back to the Wigan game when you heard about the dreadful run they were on. But yeah, when they had run at Newcastle, in, what, what was it? A decade or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you, you know, you heard about the the amount of defeats that Newcastle had had going into playing us and, and how long it had been since Everton Everton had gone without a win or was it one win in 15 something like that going into playing us and 
uh, which we just seem to come along for teams at just the right time. Yeah. Well, hopefully this massive amount of pessimism will work. I mean, I do genuinely think that this is what will happen, but God, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I really, really, really want to be wrong. I really hope to inspire them that uh, Bielsa goes out and cripples a child and then tells them about the child. <laughs> I know this because I crippled him myself to try and inspire you. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Luckily, enough people will get that reference. It'll be right. So, yeah, we're both very, very pessimistic. Hopefully, just if we could... I mean, if we get anything, it's a great result. If we get a win, then... Literally, like, that Everton game suddenly gets... I, I genuinely won't remember it anymore if we win on Sunday. It'll just go. We won where... You'll be talking about it in two weeks, and I'm like, no, oh, that didn't happen. But, <laughs> what do you mean? It, I mean, we lost, but it was like 2-1 narrow. It was fine. Uh, <laughs> Good so, competitive game. Yeah. But, yeah, that'll do us for episode 142 at Mike White's podcast. It's... Oh, God, just please get fucking something. It'd be so nice. Chat, just think of it this way. If we don't get a result, at least we're only playing Liverpool on Wednesday. Yeah, and then Spurs. Oh, I'm not so fussed about that. Yeah. Oh, there is one bit of... Anyone who works weekends, remember to change your days off because they've put the Villa rearranged game on a Thursday night, so at Norwich games, we moved to Sunday. Lovely. Yeah, I had to do that earlier. Right, so, yeah, that'll do us. I've been Jack, see ya. And Casey, have a good one. And in a bit.